0: I can
1: how can I forget? How can I forget? All right, we are We're back. Uh, This is Janine with KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is what happens when you multitask and your brain is going 300,000 miles an hour on a Monday morning. We are joined by Joyce Monaco, Director of Marketing and Communications for the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition, and she's standing by. Hi, Joyce. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you, Janine? Good, good. I, I wanted to ask you first if we could start off by telling me what it is you do for the organization. Sure. And then we'll get started on some other stuff. Okay. Okay, Okay, sure.
0: I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications for the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition.
1: And how did you get involved in this organization? I had done some consulting
0: for some project management work for um, a couple of healthcare providers and um, really enjoyed the field, uh, particularly in terms of community planning and public health.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was just very lucky to have found this opportunity roughly a year ago, so I've been with them for just over a year.
1: And what's interesting, we were talking offline, is that a lot of people don't know much about ovarian cancer and whether there's a test or not. Could you talk a little bit about that? Of course. I think that the um, the
0: reason why the disease is so insidious is because, and essentially termed a silent killer, is, is precisely because of what you just said. It's not widely discussed. It's not as as well known obviously as as breast cancer and there are a lot of reasons for that first of all you know the ovaries you don't see okay so it's internal it's not something that is as apparent to people as visual right. yes. as obvious secondly the um the symptoms are very very subtle and can mimic symptoms of unrelated conditions
1: Excuse me let me ask what are some yeah. of the symptoms
0: Yeah, so the symptoms are bloating, frequent urination, Mm -hmm. lower back pain, uh, feeling full easily, not being able to, say, finish what's on your plate, sometimes excessive bleeding with periods. And, I mean, honestly, I know a lot of women that have, over their lifetime, some various of blends of these symptoms. Yes. And so women obviously tend to care for other people first, themselves last. Mm-hmm. And so they might have some of these symptoms and kind of push them off or they're too busy. Or yeah. so, so it's recommended that if any of these Symptoms or combination of these symptoms persist more than two weeks. That a woman, um, checked, yes. yeah, that she have it checked out. And yeah. I think the thing that makes it the most difficult is that it there is no test for uh, ovarian cancer. And you know, we were speaking earlier about this as well. Um, m- many women, most women, think that when they have a Pap test, that it tests for ovarian cancer.
1: I would have thought that.
0: I know. Yeah. It's, it's, I think probably it's the most common misconception and it is not the case. And so the reason it's termed the silent killer is because women have, who have symptoms such as these, and there's no real way to test for the disease by the Mm -hmm. time um, it's discovered. The prognosis is very poor. And so it's It's very scary. And so the survival rate is very, very low and, Mm -hmm. Many, many people who discover that they have the disease discover it when it's fairly well advanced. It might be stage three or, or more. And so, survival is, the, the rate of survival is not as high.
1: Excuse me, Joyce. Can someone go in to their doctor being proactive and say, oh, by the way, can you just test me for ovarian cancer?
0: Not exactly. I mean, let's put it this way there are certain things that are um, revealing. Mm -hmm. And uh, a transvaginal ultrasound Mm -hmm. is um, probably um, one of the best tools, obviously second to actually a surgical procedure um, and going into the body cavity. But um, transvaginal ultrasound can Mm -hmm. reveal it, although recently I read a couple of things that um, not all the time because if something is very very small um, and it's or it's just beginning or there're only a few cells you know it may not um, or, you know appear on a transvaginal but it's it's kind of in combination with with other symptoms and other things holistically that a patient is is sharing with their healthcare provider and some of that you know most recently really does revolve around a genetic component. And so often it's recommended that...
1: Sure, if you know family history and...
0: Exactly. Yeah. If it's prevalent in a family, either breast and or ovarian or mm-hmm. a combination, that it's caused to uh, either, you know, seek a, a blood test to get mm-hmm. a sense in terms of CA-125, which can be in some way revealing and in other ways not necessarily um, something to entirely in and of itself uh, hang your hat on, uh, and also have an exam and the transvaginal ultrasound. But more and more, the genetic piece is, I think, becoming more and more revealing. If you look at the numbers, they say that only 10% of the cases are have a genetic component. But wow. I think what, and you say, well, how could that be? Know. You know, but but I think more and more the science just hasn't really caught up with, um, you know, the disease yet. And so over time, I think it's understood that there'll be more, you know, ways to determine. Um, a a link to some genetic predisposition, and that's kind of the trend, and that's where um, the BRCA1 and 2 and and a number of the, um, you know, the diseases are more and more um, being explored from a genetic perspective. And then, of course, you have Angelina Jolie who, you know, you know, right? Very, very public figure. Sure. Um, yeah, and so that was a very—I mean, whatever anyone thinks about her or thought about her, you know, she did something very giving for women. She sure really, did. very bold. Um, yes. Yeah, very bold. So.
1: And you have a national ovarian cancer spokesperson now. Broadway star. Is it Valicia Lecay? Yeah, Lecay.
0: Exactly. Valicia Lakai, um, Yes, absolutely. National Ovarian Cancer Coalition. Um, this year. Has um, a wonderful young national spokesperson, and you're right, survivor uh, very of young. a bearing.
1: Thirty-four. I, know. I mean, thirty-four. That's just mind blowing.
0: It's mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. And she was diagnosed in December. Another individual public figure who who didn't have to be as public uh, about her diagnosis, but again, really wanted to help. Women and um, you know she she's well known for her portrayal of Diana Ross in Motown the Musical and mm-hmm. um, she won a number of um, accolades was you know at the top of her game and yes. um, she got a, a Grammy and Tony nomination and, and then, was yeah diagnosed at thirty four. Um, And so um, what we are seeing, and it's interesting despite the fact that the average age of of the diagnosis tends to still be at the age of 62, you know, sort of post-menopausal, okay,
1: Um,
0: more and more we are seeing people who are quite a bit younger.
1: You know, what's interesting. I know for me, I tend to ignore stuff. You know, oh, I'm busy. I've always done this. It's terrible. Yeah. A lot of women do this. We're like, oh, it's a little pain. It's nothing. I don't need to run to the doctor. But for your kids, you're off and running. You know? That's right. <laughs> we need to pay attention.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the first level of awareness is, is key because to, to know it exists, to know what the symptoms are, um, and to get educated, to get a sense of risk assessment for each of us with regard to asking questions of family members to try to get a sense of what really is in the family. I mean, before you have kids, you know, if a person has children, there's a genetic um, piece where you sit down with a genetic counselor and so on. It's kind of part of the deal. Um, But generally, people don't go out of their way to do that. Well, more and more, uh, risk assessment programs are being offered, and it's a preventative uh, care measure by, um, you know, the top um, hospitals and and medical institutions around the country to be able to um, factor in as a backdrop, you know, the the risk Mm -hmm. that somebody has. And um, we're doing that at uh, younger and younger ages um, on behalf of women. We have a pilot program now. Um, that is linked to uh, some of the sororities uh, in oh, a couple great. of the cities. Yeah, because who, people don't ask the questions, and um, the the awareness is key. and And, and that's why we have um, well September awareness mm-hmm. is ovarian cancer awareness for the month of September. And our organization, you know, we have, not, the NOCC has been around for over 20 years, and the only national organization, um, we have over 21 chapters throughout the country. Um, and uh, we have um, four um, of our run walks, mm-hmm. uh, which is our signature event that um, happened between, uh, over the summer months, but we have the majority uh, every single weekend, Throughout the country in uh, in September. Excuse and me. I
1: was going to ask you, what do you have coming up? Do you have something coming up uh, at the end of this month, the end of next month? Yeah. Okay. We
0: had two already: one in Chicago and one in Northern Virginia. But June fourteenth, we have a run walk to break the silence on ovarian cancer um, in our in Iowa through our Iowa chapter, mm-hmm. um, and we also have on June twenty first uh, a run walk. Uh, with our Maryland chapter. So that's two in June. Okay. And, um, and actually, the very, we have mid, mid-August, August 10th, uh, run Walk to Break the Silence on Ovarian Cancer with our Austin chapter in Austin, Texas.
1: All over the country.
0: Yes, all over the country, yes.
1: That's great. Any testing or any uh, clinics going on here, health fairs, anything going on over the summer?
0: Interestingly enough, um, one of our missions to um, have kind of moved the organization west, and a lot of these grassroots kind of nonprofits begin in – the southeast and the east coast, and they kind of over time move across the country. And um, we have a, a presence here on the west coast in Southern California to essentially move that message uh, west. Mm-hmm. And we've made a number of inroads in in different markets here thus far. And um, we're physically located here in Orange County, and so our 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 Orange County push is in connection with a, um, a clinic that is a clinic in the park oh, cool. at the Orange County Great Park. Fantastic. And it's fabulous because one Sunday a month, and if you go on their website, clinicinthepark.org um, you'd, you'd be able to see which Sundays the clinic is uh, held um, in conjunction with the farmer's market at the Great Park. Um, so, and do
1: you, excuse me, that was clinicinthepark.org? org.
0: Let's see. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay.
1: And basically, you
0: have a um, a group of uh, healthcare providers and facilities um, that are um, offering free care on that particular Sunday, one Sunday a month.
1: That's fantastic, Joyce. It's fantastic. Yeah, that is really fantastic.
0: Yes, and so we and one breast organization called Be Aware Foundation, it's also here in Orange County, uh, are kind of representing a woman's booth because, not surprisingly, um, thus far there's basically been, um, you know, the focus on children and and other family members, um, and and we just, um, you know, have been working closely with um, you know uh, Phyllis Agron, Dr. Phyllis Agron, who um, is the executive director and founder of the clinic, mm-hmm. and the physician herself, to bring sort of a um, a bit of a focus on women's health. And so um, it's it's a great opportunity for people who um, need care, even dental care, all types of care for their children. Uh, services are free. One. Uh, Sunday a month to to get it, and so we're very excited about being able to provide information, raise awareness, um, and educate people.
1: That's a great event. That is yeah. fantastic. All right, so we have to wrap in just a couple of minutes. Is there anything else you want to share with us? And if there are things coming up, I can also have you call back into the show and give us updates.
0: Oh yeah, thank you. Well, I think the um, I guess that the the one thing that I would say. And and I think that you um, you know if I had to sort of distill it down to kind of one really important piece of information, mm-hmm. after which everything else will flow, okay. it it is probably what you said, Janine, and that is the idea that women tend to not put a whole lot of time, energy, or focus on their own health. They're mm-hmm. busy and they're busy caring for other people. But I would say that if somebody has a neighbor, a sister, a friend. A mother an aunt um, you know a, a work associate mm-hmm. um, and uh, or a colleague um, who has uh, mentioned um, you know uh, symptoms that sound like the ones that I, I mentioned um, and they're not um, they're not going away and uh, an overall feeling of malaise yes. um, to um, to seek um Help with a with a medical provider to not wait, and I would only add to that that a lot of the women that I've met at some of our events, an awful lot, have been put off by their medical provider That's when terrible. they did go, That's and terrible. they've been told that they have bowel problems, irritable, irritable bowel syndrome, mm. they're constipated, they should lose weight, um, really, you know, egregious uh, things to really just kind of put them off oh, and. Uh, it, it delays, you yes. know, their yes. care, and, and so they might have done those things. And obviously, if they have the disease, the symptoms uh, remain. And so, if if there's any question, to really be very uh, proactive about your health, and in some cases, um, the gynecologist doesn't know. Either to look for or to focus on, or isn't as well versed in the disease, depending on the actual doctor. So part of what we do is also to educate and raise awareness um, within the medical community, um, and and we do that through a variety of programs that we have. So um, I guess I would just say to uh, to pay attention yes. to your body and to what people are saying to you in your world and bug them, yes, <laughs> so exactly. encourage them yeah. to, to seek medical care. And if they're not getting it from one of their professionals to, um, to, to not give up and be heard and be proactive about one's own health, I, I would say that that's critical. Women through just being busy or being guilty about, no. you know, putting focus on themselves tend to not make their own health a priority. No, and I would don't. say that that's probably the singular most important message.
1: And they can also call 888-OVARIAN or visit ovarian.org?
0: Absolutely. We okay. have tremendous amount of resources, resources and information on our site, um, and um, I, I, I certainly would encourage people to um, to do that as well.
1: Joyce, thank you so much for calling into the show. Well, thank you. Thank you so you. much, Janine, for the opportunity to right. you know really help share the message. Keep me posted on other events. I will. Thank All right. you. All right. Be well. That was Joyce Monaco, Director of Marketing and Communications for the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition. If you are a woman listening to the show, it would be great to visit uh, ovarian.org and uh, clinic in the park. I'll put that information on my blog, which is GetTheFunkOutShow.KCI.Org. That's a wrap for today's show. Up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. If you missed any part of today's show, it'll be up on my blog within an hour. Have a great Monday, everybody. Salam am in the middle of the night. I'm